Evening everybody, Lee here. Uh, our regular listeners will know that we recently did a Supernatural Stories episode, or not, depending on your beliefs. Uh, but it seems to have gone down quite well, and we've spoken to a few people who said they've got interesting stories of their own. So, as we tempted the idea at the end of our last episode, we're going to do a follow-up at some point. So if any of you have uh, stories of your own that you think would be interesting, that you wouldn't mind us sharing with the listeners... Uh, feel free to either record them and email them over to us at info at welcometohorror.com or otherwise you can type them out and send them to us and we will read them out on the show. Uh, If you'd rather not use your name, we will use your first name otherwise, but if you'd rather go under an alias, include that in the message and we'll be sure to use that. Thanks very much and enjoy the show. Good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I'm Chris. I'm Adam. And we are here recording on the 21st of April, uh, which is poignant. Uh, so 21st this evening... 21st of April. 18... Five, five minutes to midnight. Yeah. <laughs> We're too in- old incident- <laughs> Incidentally, I, I, I take it you saw the clip that I put up on Instagram. No. Um, oh, um, yeah. I actually set, this is the things I do for this podcast. I set an alarm because, well, I'm an old cunt, so I wasn't going to be up then. <laughs> Not on a school night. Spoilers and, uh, swearing. Yep. Oh, yeah. Spoilers <laughs> I think we've made that pretty clear. <laughs> yes. Uh, sorry. Um, yeah, but um, I set an alarm, so I, would, I did actually post that at five minutes to 12 mm. uh, last night. Nice. And, uh, Very good. And, the best bit was, is it was five minutes to 12, right? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm half asleep, but I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Post. Okay. Right. Check that's gone up. Yeah. Just lay me head on the sofa for a second. Oh, it's two in the morning. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we are covering this evening The Fog, as Adam, I believe, watched it recently and realised that it was set on the 21st of April and we were approaching that date, so thought it would be good to get the episode out this weekend and as i was away last week this is the first opportunity we've had to record so it's on the day in question which is very mm. exciting yeah see uh, weirdly enough maybe something that will come up in a future least haunted episode but i do have a thing for a synchronicity yeah <laughs> but we do get I, do, them a I lot. do like it <laughs> exactly so covered think... a random film and then someone has messaged us and said you realise it's on in two days on BBC Four yeah. or whatever. So yeah, it yeah, does happen more than you'd expect. Or, or we suddenly, suddenly there's loads of posts. Oh yes, the 60th anniversary of this. Oh right, okay. Mm. <laughs> we just recorded it. Uh, so yes, so we are here to cover 1980s John Carpenter masterpiece. I'm going to say, um, hey. I love the crap out of this film, uh, <laughs> The Fog. Uh, so, in typical traditional style, Chris, have you seen this film before, and what did you think of it? I haven't, and I'll start by saying, "Ahoy, mates! This is Chris, and I'd just like to ask you something: Are you weird? <laughs> weird and unlucky? Yes, 
just killing me. So yeah, um, I quite liked the, the very start. It says, "Is all that we see or seem but a dream within a dream?" Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, Poe. Edgar Allan yeah. for you. <laughs> so, so I apparently was... that was Deborah Hill's idea. Deborah Hill, the producer and uh, oh yeah, uh, like co-writer with John Carpenter. Yeah, who was also producer of like Halloween and Escape from New right. York and loads of his stuff. Yeah. Mm. yeah, and yeah, she came up with that. It but, worked well. From what, yeah, from what I gather, um, the film had a lot of um, basically John Carpenter when he put it together. It was about 10 minutes too short and the music didn't work and the story didn't really work and the producer uh... said it needs to be scarier and John Carpenter was like, yeah. And so they gave him a bit of money and they, like, in a month, they knocked up loads of new bits All right. like, and added to bits mm. and stuff like that. But the stuff that they put in was... It's. Um, I did write. Uh, I noted them down, but it was um, the ghost story at the start. Uh, uh, well, I was going to say that's interesting. So, yeah, because that that was a great intro, right? But it does exactly. tell you. It tells you the whole film. It, yeah, like, that's it, interesting. It, okay. In a really good way, though. Like rather than having like a dreadful scroll or like a shoe. Yeah, yeah. Next times of old. Um, yes, so Chris, sorry, you were saying, uh, yes, your first thoughts. Yeah, well, so excellent start. Um, and it, yeah, like I said, it gives you the ghost story. That's that's wonderful, interesting that that was added on later. Um, the the music, fantastic. I, I think we've now seen in, enough John Carpenter that I'm getting well familiar with his, his nice synths and sound effects that go really well together it's it's certainly got uh like its own style or character i suppose and yeah as, like... as the podcast soundtrack obsessive i think mm. this might actually be my favorite john carpenter soundtrack oh okay well, it certainly good. stood out to me yeah that, mm. oh, that's interesting so I, I really will one day have to have like a proper john carpenter marathon session and just compare all of the soundtracks and yeah, see, because each one sounds great, and it's like, is, are they getting better, or is it me getting more used to them, or I don't know. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's fantastic. Um, and really, yeah. So, so this is a ghost, a ghost story, and it's. Uh, it, I thought, I don't know what you think. It seemed to have um, an element of social commentary. So it seems to be mm. themes of revenge and a, a you know repressed sort of uh corruption uh to do with the founding of the the town and yeah and you know no one knows about it and then hundred years later back come the those who have been done wrong to seek their revenge on th- on on six maybe five <laughs> maybe it's six it's definitely six I th- yeah I, I, I love think that. that. It's a great the, um, like you were saying, Chris. There, that that theme is actually weirdly something that feels quite relevant at the moment because it is. Well, a, yeah, absolutely. A real ongoing conversation. Yeah, no, it in is general about well, certainly about America, but also yeah, but in general, our, our country as well. There's definitely yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, it seems to come up every year. Almost. 
platform. So where it's like, how do we deal with these historical events yeah. that some people haven't know nothing about and don't feel like they're part of, but somehow, you know, you do have to figure out what's, and it's, what's reasonable. But it's also, it's also, it's like the knowledge but can't do anything about it mm. we're having a party you know keep mm. it light you know we don't we don't want to dwell on the fact to, that to enjoy ourselves yeah or we've done this you know we've not had to do this but that you know we don't don't talk about the shit we've done <laughs> not at the moment because we're having the knees up all mm. right you know <laughs> it's very sort of almost like mm. jaws like amity with the Again, like the the head of the town, yeah, yeah. Like, sort of like yeah. This is the, it, it's also the episode of the Simpsons with um uh, uh what's his name, Jebediah Springfield, mm. where Lisa discovers the scroll that yes. proves he's a prick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that that's, that's yeah. It. There's definitely that vibe. I'm talking the great historical documents about like historical hypocrisy here. Obviously, mm. like the Simpsons. But it's it's funny though. <laughs> watching this, you know, you you're sort of you're not against those seeking revenge and yet if it's applied to us as a country we're a bit little bit more against those seeking revenge like they're the, they're definitely the bad guys then but in this you know you're like Whoa. they did get done wrong oh even if it's a hundred years ago and it was none of these people like you're not see again classic ghost story is that idea of things from the past that have like you it's like mm, right yeah. or wrong or because of you know something that's it's something bad that happened and the the sort of repercussion of it later mm. and um but yeah i think the the fact that they've focused on that whole thing of the town being founded on yeah you know this uh, murders yeah because that because um i know there was john Carpenter said that there were like the, the influences that went into the fog were stuff he went when he was promoting Salt on Precinct 13. Him and Deborah Hill visited um, Stonehenge while they were in England. Mm, okay. And there was like a, a fog bank, and basically, yeah, she was like, um, Deborah Hill Wait, said did, it was like. Does, the, does that mean the Salt on Precinct 13 is English? No, I think it was just during the promotional side of it. So oh, okay. it was bit, right. presumably being released over here. So yeah, okay. They, was sort of on the sort of press tour, as it were. Fair enough. Yeah. And um, but yeah, so they they were over here and they um, visited Stonehenge and sort of mm. at sort of twilight, and there was a huge fog bank and John yeah. Carpenter. Like, what if some, what if something comes out of? Yeah. What if something came out of that? And it's like, well, yeah. they. I could see you. That. You could think that at Stonehenge. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think. And uh, also, he said there's a there's a film called The Trollenberg Terror, mm. um, which has creatures hidden in clouds mm. um which um he sort of mentioned as well um but the whole thing about there's a ship called john Carpenter says about a ship called the frolic um which was wrecked off the coast of california in 1850 mm. um and he said that was carrying gold but apparently it was porcelain and opium okay but probably um, still worth quite and, a lot um, i guess yeah, but um, so and there was, but also this whole thing of um, wreckers sort of appears in tales and stuff like that, which is people deliberately luring uh, boats yeah. to okay. wreck them, so yeah. usually to wreck them for 
salvaging and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, in that way that the world just reveals itself to be a much duller place than it than it a much duller place than you think it is. Apparently, there's not much evidence of people doing that. So it's mm-hmm. it's, it's more like a story rather like a legend rather than a criminal practice that was actually being done. I mean, it's good but to I know. Think that's yeah. a legend. It's much more interesting if people did do that. Well, it <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah. But I, I wonder how much evidence would be left behind, though, to be able to work out one way or the other. Exactly. I mean, but then that's, you know, the age old question. There's no proof either way. So, no. I tend um, to think if it can be done, humans might well be doing it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. If the internet teaches anything, it certainly, you <laughs> yeah. know, yeah. Sort of. Um, but um, and you, there's, you, there's oh, also a Rhode Island legend called the Palatine Light, which is like a ghost ship uh, story as well, mm. which it sort of kind of seems to be from. I think. Um, I'm keen to know, Chris. Did you spot John Carpenter's cameo? But you've got. No. Ah. Yeah, oh, I'm trying to think no. where, where I've actually seen him before. Did he 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 presented um, an anthology that we watched? Didn't he? Was he in the body bags? The morgue? Yeah. 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 Okay. He, he looks he looks a bit healthier in this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> not a not a great degree, but he looks. <laughs> Wait, does that mean he's one of the ghosts? Oh no! Okay. Though the ghosts are sort of a lot of um, associates, like John Carp, like sort of crew and stuff like. That right. have always okay. worked with John Carpenter. Like Tommy, Tommy Lee Wallace is one of them. Mm. Rob Bottin, who did the special effects, is also Blake, like the body of Blake mm. uh, in it, um, which apparently was because he's quite tall. Okay. It was lit. Yeah, sorry if I speak over you guys. My internet but is being a real it's... dick, so... Yeah, it, it doesn't seem too happy. Uh, well, we, we should persevere because if the film teaches anything, it's the voice that's important. Yeah. Because it's weird when you think about it because, like, Adrian Barbeau's character, mm. Stevie Wayne, is, I think she interacts with her son and then everything yeah. else is over the radio, yeah. over the well, television. Especially with Dan. And, yeah. Oh yeah, Dan the, uh, the, the, down the, the smooth. <laughs> I don't know why she wasn't rushing over to him instantly as soon as he <laughs> no, opened I, his mouth. Oh yeah, no, he's he's a he's a seductive fellow. <laughs> although although obviously Tom Atkins, even without his moustache, mm. uh, yeah, he's still just a right shag machine. <laughs> it's like pick up a hitchhiker. Next thing, they're in bed. Right, okay. <laughs> What's the age? Yeah. <laughs> it's weird though. Tommy Lee Wallace without moustache. Sorry, Tom uh, Tom Atkins without moustache. Yeah, it doesn't look it's, right. It just feels it's just like every time you look, you're just like, nah, it's just a bit missing. <laughs> it's just just not quite right. I don't know why. So it's funny, I always forget as well that obviously Jamie Lee Curtis and her mother, Janet Lee, are both in this film together. And I forget it every time. And then when 
I don't know why Janet Lee's mm. character. I kind of forget that part of the story. And then every time she turns out, I go, "Oh yeah!" And it surprises me every time I see it. <laughs> yeah, but it's actually. I mean, that's the thing is, I always kind of that that and Father Malone are the sort. Although they're like key to the sort of the story of what is going, what is actually going on. Mm. Um. Yeah, the the bits I tend to sort of like I don't always remember those bits. Mm. But actually when you watch it, it's you know, there is a it's a larger cast of people. Like it's it is the town being um laid siege to. It's not just yeah. like one group one group's experience, it's everyone, because obviously you've got like Stevie abandoned in the uh well not like trapped in the lighthouse. Yeah. And then you've got sort of like the um Tom Atkins and Jamie Lee Curtis are sort of like actually out actively mm-hmm. doing stuff. And then you've got the procession going on, but with people trying to close up. The other thing I always forget is that the the one of the guys on the seagrass is Janet Lee's husband. Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Uh, because they're so, yeah, because there's the bit, you know, when they're in the bar. Oh, yes, like yes. The, the, sorry, the character. Sorry, yes, yeah, not, yes, not, no, wasn't, yeah. Not, not actually the actor, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the characters like it's her husband. I always forget that bit because because it um, doesn't seem to yeah, affect for some her. reason. But, well, it, that's the thing is it does, but then she just sort of like no, we've and it's kind of like you realise in a way that it isn't necessary. Well, it's questionable, but I don't think it comes from a bad morality where she's like, right, we, we're not talking about this. We're just going to have the celebration, hmm. and then it's like she is literally the show must go on. Yeah. Or mm. business as usual, even though it's like now, well, we don't know where your husband is, but one of the blokes who was with him has turned up and he's had his eyes stabbed out. Mm-hmm. So, you know. I've got so, so oh, oh, go on. Go on. no, I've got enough you. Um I was just gonna ask about Jamie Lee Curtis. So she's pretty young in this. Um I'm assuming she's done Halloween has this, been done. Yeah, Halloween's yeah. seventy eight and this is eighty. Oh, okay, yeah. So not a huge difference then. Oh, that's interesting. So what? What else was this? The second film. This is or this is John Carpenter between that. Well, it's John Carpenter's second theatrical film. So you get Halloween. Mm, okay. He does a film called. He does Elvis. Oh, right. Kurt Russell, like the okay. the story of Elvis, which is like a TV movie. Um, excuse me. And Wait, and Kurt, Kurt Russell playing another, Elvis, and he does a TV. Okay, so I should probably watch yeah. that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, we'll have, we'll have to do it as a we'll have to do it as a sidebar or something like that. You know, yeah. what are the horror connections? The director and the star. I know we're just doing the Elvis story. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, and he did a like a TV movie thriller called Someone's Watching Me, mm. and that was where he met Adrian uh, Barbeau, who plays mm, Stevie okay. Wayne, and, and they yeah. ended up getting married. Oh right. So she's married to John Carpenter when she okay. does The Fog. And uh, he wrote the part for her. Mm. Um, I didn't realise she's Cody Carpenter's mother, though, um, which is uh, John Carpenter's son, who he now composes with. Oh, okay. okay. Um, and um, but yeah, so they met on the set of that, and um, interesting thing. I didn't know if this was um, called. Um, there are worse things I could do. Uh, Adrian Barbeau's written three horror comedy novels about vampires in Hollywood. Oh, I'd read that. Yeah, Vampires of Hollywood, Love Bites and Make Me Dead. And, uh, yeah, 
And before before she was before she was an act before she got into acting, she was a go 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 dancer in a mob run club in New York. There you go. Mm. <laughs> the, the fascinating fact she can glean from IMDb. I don't know. <laughs> but um, but obviously this. But then she turns. She's in Creep Show with Hal Holbrook playing her husband. So the guy who's Father Maloney. Yeah. This in the first Creep Show, they play husband and wife in one of the segments, mm. and she's Great. in. Yeah, Cannonball Run, Swamp Thing, Two Evil Eyes, um, uh, Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death, which I kind of feel might be one you've seen, Lee. <laughs> uh, no, I've not, uh, but only because of the amount of times I've seen Cannonball Run probably didn't leave much time to watch anything else. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, watched that watched that recently, and uh, Claire really enjoyed that. It's like, yeah, yeah, I feel passed, passed on a video, a, a VHS classic there. Um, but I always forget she was in Carnival, wasn't she? The, yeah. Um, but it was only one series, wasn't it, Carnival? Yeah. Or two, I can't remember. But, um, and uh, she's also the voice of uh, Catwoman in the animated series of Batman. Mm. And for John Carpenter, she's in Escape from New York, and she's the computer voice in The Thing. Oh. Uh. So, yeah, she's the cheap bitch <laughs> that um, is playing uh, Kurt Russell at the start of it. So. Hmm. Yeah, I've got it to say that, that like, the, the visuals of this, the, the ghosts, you know, the, like, their appearance as they come out of the fog with the glowing mm. eyes, mm. it's so iconic. Like, it's just one of my absolute oh. favourite looks it's yeah. so so good yeah yeah it's it because from what i gather it's quite a low budget film mm. um or low budget, but it just looks fucking great yeah i wonder how much of that is fortunate that fog mm. gives that effect yeah like, it, i don't know <laughs> to know but this. like this because it's like at the coast but it reminds mm. me it's really like the mr james ghost stories yeah. for christmas okay. mm. like the bbc ones it has that sort of whistle mm. i'll come to yeah. you or um uh uh well i can't think what it's called now the um one with peter vaughn and it's completely escaped me but no digging here whatever one that is oh yeah remember. warning to the curious but, um Mm. that's it thank you yeah <laughs> warm to the curious and it's that sort of but you know everything that's shot in this it feels it's still clearly america but obviously it's like it's sort of yeah yeah at the coast it's not it's not the height of summer or anything else like that but it just has a real just amazing mm. look to it um and yeah, I mean, and the fog effects, the uh, ghost effects are really fucking good. There's not any, yeah. there's nothing that feels, even like the the basics of like rattling bottles and stuff like that at the start of it doesn't look bad. Again, that was stuff that was added. Mm. Like the whole really? sequence of the town going nuts where it's like just the cars start beeping, beeping and the, um, like the petrol garage, uh, lights up and everything else like that. That's all. Uh, that was all additional stuff. And Deborah Hill shot most of that. Mm. And apparently, she, some of it was shot using her car's headlights for lighting. 
<laughs> that's how sort of like quick and they yeah. were having to do all this stuff when they were sort of putting putting it back to like trying to add all this stuff to make it work. Um, I mean, like it I does said, add was... to it though, because that's the thing. Otherwise, <laughs> if you just see the rock fall out and he gets to find the book and the gold, like it doesn't give the same impression as the whole town suffering from that earthquake. Yeah, um, it was uh, I, when I watched it. Claire came up with an interesting thing, which she, she said about all oh, the clocks breaking because the ghosts are trying to stop. Because obviously they they the, can well, only on the first night they can only last for last within the hour. Yeah, which then on the second night is just oh fuck it, forget it. It's you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it's ghost time. So. Yeah. <laughs> but there's um, oddly enough. There are so many fucking references in this mm. that, like, are now they're references, but back then they were basically in jokes from John Carpenter because it was all just related to people he knew. Okay. But all those people are now mm. iconic. Mm. So if you put these names in your film now, people would just be like, well, that was fucking hackneyed. They just, you know, hackneyed sort of thing. They just put in, uh, like they were calling them after directors or whatever like that. But, yeah, I noticed. Um, I, I didn't know that until now. So Tom Atkins when, came... I was going to say, I didn't know that until I just opened IMDb before we started recording and realised that the character's name of the the uh, the weatherman is Dan O'Bannon. Yeah, so he's Dan O'Bannon. Tom Atkins' character is called Nick Castle, which is the guy who played mm. Michael Myers in Halloween and did um, and directed The Last Starfighter right. as well. Mm. Um, and there's also um, Buck Flower, who's one of the guys on the seagrass. His character's called Tommy Wallace, as in Tommy Lee Wallace. Uh, <laughs> and um, and, he's one of, and he's one of the ghosts in this. Uh, apparently... Mrs. Cobritz is named after Richard Cobritz, who was John Carpenter's producer on Someone Watching Me, which is the TV movie mm -hmm. he did with Adrian Barbeau. And he plays a character called Bennett, uh, whose name is actually, uh, he's named after someone John Carpenter knew at college called Ben Tramer. But it's Bennett Tramer who is mentioned in Halloween, like <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, I think like Laurie... It's someone that Laurie fancies. I think he just gets mentioned. Oh. I don't think he's actually in it. Mm. Um, and then you've got the doc the pathologist is called Doctor Fibes. Ah, uh, okay. Which you know, I think, which I'm yeah. pretty sure only appears in the credits. So it's, mm. but yeah, so you've got that reference. Um, yeah, I would have thought I would have noticed that, but yeah. Um, John Houseman, who's who is the guy at the start doing the ghost story yeah. his character's called Mr Macken which is probably after Arthur Macken who was like a weird fiction author mm. um, and one uh, when Stevie's like playing records on the radio she mentions the Coupe de Villes and that is John Carpenter's band with uh, Tommy Lee Wallace and Nick Castle mm. who did the end song from Big Trouble in Little China oh okay so, but like I say, all this stuff now would feel like the most. But back then, it was yeah. jokes with him and his mates. You know, yeah. no one was picking would up. Would have known any of it. Nick Castle. That's yeah. the name of the guy who played the shape in the Halloween, the seventy-eight. Come mm. on. 
Um, the Elizabeth Dane is apparently an old girlfriend of John Carpenter's. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Bodega Bay is mentioned, which is where the birds is set, like Alfred mm-hmm. Hitchcock's the birds. Um, when they're talking about when there's the wet the report about the seagrass, like the uh, the missing seagrass, and they mention Waitley Bay and Arkham Riff, which are Lovecraft references. Yeah. <laughs> then you've got you know you've got the Edgar Allan Poe at the start when Blake's voice bleeds through the radio he talks about an albatross around the neck which is from the rhyme of the ancient mariner which I think we talked about on Triangle mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah. like the poem by Samuel Taylor Coleridge sorry mm-hmm. Coleridge Samuel T and um, and there's even apparently there's a brick with H Hawks written on it uh, for Howard Hawks uh, uh, the uh, director, mm-hmm. and I do nice. think that the end bit where she the the end speech with the fog, uh, where she's saying look to the look look across the sea, watch for the fog, yeah. really feels like the watch the skies bit from the end of um, the original like thing from another world, which yeah. obviously he did as the thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's just absolutely fucking round, yeah. and still manages to. But again, that's not the point of the film. Mm. You know, it's they weren't there for you to spot. I think maybe it was just he was having yeah, a bad week. I'm just gonna, like, I can't yeah. think of a fucking character name. So I'm just gonna <laughs> just go through my phone book. <laughs> Tommy Lee Wallace. Yeah, Tom Wallace. That'll do. Right, okay. Chris. <laughs> uh, 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 Kurt Russell was apparently offered a part. I'm assuming the Tom Atty mm. would have had in it. Uh, yeah. Um, and sorry to say this, Lee, but Father Malone, uh, the part was offered Christopher Lee, but he just couldn't do it because oh. of scheduling. And we could have had a fucking Christopher Lee extended cameo in a John Carpenter movie. See, I would oh. have loved that, but this guy plays it so well. I yes. think he's perfect. I was thinking that watching it, I was like, I don't know if Christopher Lee would do like vulnerable. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, he is just utter love. Actually, I love the bit where she comes, where they turn up and she just goes, well, I hope he's not in his cups because I just love that term for (laughs) drunkenness. I just think it's such a. Yeah, saying about how good it looks, the. uh, the bit with the ghost ship as well, I thought yeah. it was like it looks incredible and it's creepy as all hell. Mm. Yeah. It's such a sustained atmosphere that they get with this, and it's everything. It's the music, it's the cinematography, I think. And, and, and it doesn't it doesn't drag you down though. It's still no holds action and it's like yeah. Yeah. See, I was a, I was a bit worried. I wasn't sure if this was still on Lee's classic list because we did an all-nighter at the Prince Charles of Car- Carpenter movies, and I think The Fog was like... I think they put it on fifth, which was just so wrong for that yeah. time in the morning because it's too quiet, it's too mm. sedate. But compared to when you've just been watching They Live or uh, well, Big Trouble <laughs> in Little China or Halloween or whatever like that, it's not that same... That pace and speed. Yeah. But, but I, I, honestly, I think after Big Trouble, I think this is my favourite Carpenter movie. I 
thoroughly mm. enjoy this every time. And it's funny because I don't think about it a lot. And then every time I watch it, I'm like, why don't I watch this at least once a year? It's so good. Well, it's, uh, well, we now know the date to be watching it. Yeah. <laughs> so that was actually just because I was listening to the soundtrack and they've put the the speech from the beginning at the start of the soundtrack. And it was like, oh, hang on. I've... See, now but, that, um, as that, we said, uh, that beginning was great, but that closing shot as well, I love when you think it's all over and then it just comes back for one last bite. It's just mm. phenomenal. Yeah. Well, not only that, but also I think that's the point where it's like it's still it's still going. No, we're we're still a horror film. Yeah, because that do you know what I mean? It's like the the thing's over, but you've got to do the payoff. It's always always the way with like certainly with eighties horror, mm-hmm. and I think it's sort of yeah, you could you couldn't just leave leave it where it was. It's just that right. It's just the right little sort of, and I think it's such an effective. Because all you've got to do is pump smoke under a door yeah. to give the presence of the of the um, ghosts and everything, and and boat hooks are just really fucking visceral. Just looking at them, yeah. yeah. You know, you don't have to actually go that far with them. Um, although they did put in more chopping and stuff as part of the like reed shoots and stuff like that, because I think they were like, because like they said, they weren't. Um, Compl- some of the producers were saying it didn't feel scary enough, and he's like, "All right, well, so oh, so you get bits like apparently you, I think in the the attack on the seagrass, you saw the ship go past, mm. or like, and then that was it, and then they were found dead. So mm. they added like the confrontation with the ghosts coming on board and everything, which is you know, do you think he was originally thinking to make it? like a ghost story sort of more in your mind and then somehow th- that just didn't quite work for- i think so and i think also because i remember i can't find any proper thing on it so i think it might have just been someone was you know a, a thought that someone had had rather than an actual factual mm. basis or anything else like that is i had heard that it originally it was meant to be a kid's film at one point oh, okay like i'm sure i've heard that somewhere like, so I couldn't see any anything like notes and I was gonna, or it, that, you know, it wasn't very eerie, creepy and so, yeah, I think it could have worked but I think it was still kind of Just a bit quite, too much yeah. for you, you know it's like it's not a kids film even if we cut the eye gouging yeah. out yeah this is not a kids film <laughs> I'm trying to find it on my shelf. There's um, they did a uh, a Disney film about a, a pirate ghost, and I'm pretty sure Buck Flowers was in that. Um, Bound to be, yeah. Was it? So, wasn't there one like Blackbeard Rides Again or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it was called something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I bought it yeah. last year and saw it, and I can't find it on my shelf now. I think it's one of those annoying things where I heard about it and bought it there and then, and then the next day I was like. Oh, it's suggesting it to me on Disney Plus. You bastards! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do seem to have the link up. The shits. <laughs> the um, also that lighthouse. I could fucking live there. Yeah, uh, n- I could never watch the fog again, but I could live there. I think it just looks amazing. But apparent that's 
where is it? It's uh, Point. I'm assuming it's Point Rees or Rees Lighthouse mm-hmm. um, in in California. Um, and that staircase is 313 steps long. That's right, oh. folks. You only get the best, best facts on this show. Um, that's it, but it's Imagine like lugging all that gear up there every night. It's like 900 feet. God. They reckon it's like it's the equivalent of 20 stories high. And you, you like you can go and visit that. You can go and visit as a historical museum, the lighthouse. Unless mm. the winds exceed forty miles per hour, and then they have to close the stairs because they're <laughs> fucking dangerous. <laughs> but oh. yeah, it's such a weird, it, yeah, just a lovely sort of weird little loca- location. Um, also, I will say one thing that happened once: people could pause films mm. uh, in the journal, and I clocked it. You can do it. Um, when Father Malone first opens the journal, you can't can't sort of make all of it out. But basically, on the first page that gets flipped over really quickly, it says, sort of starting from somewhere, my college education to work writing dumb shit in this fucking movie prop. <laughs> it's time to bring in the nude girls with big tits, tattoos, and shaved beavers. <laughs> And obviously, well, they're never going to see that. It's on screen for less yeah. than a second. And, and, and now... Low... <laughs> I'll be looking out for that next time. Oh, and there will Seriously, be next it was, time. It, it's just so... Because it's still, it's still written lovely, but, you know. <laughs> Excellent. Right, so, yes, yeah, so I think this is definitely a recommend from all of us. Is that fair to say? Mm, yeah. Uh... Oh. oh yes excellent right so thanks ever so much for listening everybody go and check out uh the fog oh. if you've not seen it before oh am i breaking up shouldn't have listened this far <laughs> um yes <laughs> yeah and uh so our next episode <laughs> is going to be session nine uh, and we'll be back in a fortnight's time with that thanks very much for listening good night good night Good night.